Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We, TalkSport en masse, are personas non gratis. We're not wanted. We're banned. Because if you f***ed about and switches off and gets caught, Francis Ngannou, as we know, has got the power. There's still plenty of money in this fight. You could still make this wilder Joshua fight at 50 million quid. Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. This is episode 45. Don't forget to keep liking the channel and subscribing to the videos. This will be a show, Spence. Welcome, nice to see you. Nice to see you as well, Simon. The person on the show doesn't spend their whole time talking about themselves. <laughs> Mr. Frotch. Mr. Frotch. How are you, mate? Yeah, really well, mate. Yourself? Good, good. Good, good, good. to have you back. Nice to be back. A yeah. um, couple of good fights on the weekend. Obviously, um, Jack Catchall came out with a result, which is yeah. pleasing. Yeah. And we may yet see um, Catchall versus Taylor, which is a fight that I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want Josh to go in there and do the job, with no disrespect to Jack, that he yeah. should have done in the first fight and clean up that particular debate about who won that fight, because I know you and I think that Mm -hmm. Jack won that fight, and Josh Taylor doesn't want to talk to me anymore because I had the audacity to suggest that he lost it. Yeah. But, interesting. Yeah, it it was interesting. I think Jack Catchall got the job done on Saturday night against Jorge Linares, former freeweight world champion, 38 years of age, best days have been behind him, lost his last three or four fights, but he gave a good account of himself, and I think Jack Catchall played it safe, maybe a little too safe, really, because... You felt like when you was watching the show, I think he hurt Linares in the fifth or sixth round, and you felt if he would have just turned Stepped the screw it, a little yeah. bit there, jumped on him, he could have got the job done. But look, it was a good performance, and he deserves that rematch against Absolutely Josh right. Taylor. Absolutely right. Eddie Hearn come on Saturday night, actually, and said, look, that is the fight he's now trying to push for. He's happy to do it at a catchweight. So, you know, it's not like Taylor's got to get down to 147. They can do it at 150 or whatever. So, it's a fight I think that Josh Taylor needs to redeem himself because yeah. of the backlash that he's well, had through that, I don't know the controversy needs... surrounding it. I don't know if he needs to redeem himself. No, I, I mean... I think he needs to correct the record because I don't go. think he was particularly magnanimous yeah. about sure. the victory. I don't think he gave a lot of credit to Jack Cattrall. He was incredibly disparaging before the fight. Didn't even price him yeah. into the equation. And... It was a it, it was a loss, and he yeah. got a win, and he didn't give any credit to Jack. So, yeah. and I don't suspect he should have done either, because as a fighter, fights after a fight, you ask him questions, they're going to have an emotional investment. But I I think it, for the Josh Taylor that I've watched over the years, yeah. that was pound for pound one of the best fighters yeah. in the world. He needs to go and correct that sort of uh, un- un- undoubtedly. You know, yeah. I think for Josh Taylor, I think it was what he done was he made the he made a bad decision of saying well. He felt that he'd, he had won the fight, but when he'd have looked it back, he would have seen that actually, like, like yeah, the most God, of us... The, the it, boxing gods are with him. There you go. And that's the way that he should have played that one, yeah. and it happens to everyone. Everyone yeah. gets lucky. Mayweather actually did against Castillo the first time that he boxed. You know, he, he, he got one a, a result that went his way. It happens all the time. Mm. But it's the manner that he dealt with it that's forced him to sort of pu- turn the public against him a little bit. And well, he is one of the pound-for-pound pound best fighters well, he is. of our generation. Yeah. What he's achieved and yeah. what he's done on the road, without really the TV backing, you know, he's should be a bigger star than he actually is. And I think, I and I think dealt, that, you know, disappointingly, Josh has got gone on the turn with me 
because I made observations about the Jack Cattrall fight and then tried to pin him down on the last time he was on one of the other shows. He didn't like it. Mm. So now he won't talk to me. But that's fine. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, it's another one of the thin skin game. Talking about the thin skin game, right? <laughs> it's um, Fury and Garno uh, week this week, obviously. And I understand that we, talk sport en masse, are personas non gratis. We're not wanted. We're banned. Just before it was made, you know, when people thought it wasn't going to get made, you know, I'll, I'll name, I think Simon Jordan, he was quite um, open about it. And obviously from his point of view at the time, it, it seemed like, you know, the fight wasn't going to happen and Tyson took the Ngannou fight instead. I think the comments he made was that, you know, he should be ashamed of himself if he's not going to fight Usyk. And, you know, words such as duck were used as well. You know, what was going through your mind when you was watching stuff like that? Because it was quite a big um, news story at the time. I was just thinking, I mean, who really cares? Um, what? I don't really know. I've watched them all. I've watched them all. But Simon Jordan phoned up Tyson, wanted to give him to go on his show, and Tyson refused. No talk sport is covering any fights of Tyson anymore. So when you when you get a living off of someone, you got to be trying. You got to try and be sensible with them and talk facts. And if you talk facts, you. If you talk facts, you can't upset anyone, can you? All right, the man's doing his job, he's talked facts, but when they're not facts and they're your opinion, well, everyone's got an opinion, and unless you know the facts, what went into it, it is what it is. I'm sure um, the Usyk's man, Usyk, Usyk and Usyk's people know the truth, you know, but it is what it is. When you, when you, when you earn a living off someone, you've just got to try and, uh, you've just got to try and be half sensible. But Talk Sport and Simon Jordan will never have anything to do with Tyson again. And the, and the biggest fight in history is coming up. And he's might have done a few hundred interview, a few a few hundred thousand uh, views on the uh, some stupidness what he said. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I'm sure he'll he's sure he'll do do something else. But he won't be working with Tyson. This audience of 1.2 million that we bring every single week on a Thursday afternoon, dedicated to the boxing world, where people should be saying thank you, is now being yeah. turned against us because. I had the audacity, I've got this credit and debit column. In the credit column is all the praise for Tyson Fury, generationally best heavyweight, charismatic, phenomenal achievements in the ring. In the debit, not being really particularly impressed recently with some of your outbursts mm. on social media, thought that you should have taken the Usyk fight, understand a little bit more that there was difficulty yeah. in making that fight, and think you should pay your bet to Piers Morgan because you made the, the yeah. bet and didn't pay it. And all but of a sudden, Look, we're banned. Uh, do you know what? It's crazy, Simon, because... And I really it, wanted to like go to the Encarno fight yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what, though? It is crazy because if you look back and you look back, and we've looked back at many of the conversations that we've had in previous shows, and you see what you've been saying, you're saying, listen, you're not, you're not denying that he's not the number one heavyweight of this yeah. generation and that he could go down as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time if he clears up the vision. What we were talking about was the facts that the Usyk fight wasn't made. And we understand that the money wasn't there from Saudi and, and Fury was chasing, you know, waiting for that money to deliver and we got the Ngannou fight. But it was the frustration at the time. Totally understand all of that. But to say that, that, that we're haters is wrong because we're not haters. No one denies where Fury's coming from or, where, oh, sorry, where he's at in the heavyweight division and who he is. It was the fight was made at that time. We've got the undisputed fight now made. Great. But it's not, we're not haters, that's for but sure. But the disappointing thing for me is obviously, I'm a big fan of Tyson Fury's. I admire his dad. I think that they've done, you know, I think his dad's a brilliant observer on boxing. Well, he's forgotten more than someone like me will ever know. 
and I, and, I, and I listen to him and I take a lot from what he says when he's observing on fights. I've watched Tyson Fury. I've talked about him opening up the heavyweight division, which the beneficiaries were, Anthony Joshua, when he went over to Germany, beat Klitschko, scattered the belts. Mm -hmm. He's the one that took on Deontay Wilder. When I sat with him before the Dillian White fight, I saw a star, a man with charisma. And yeah. then I see this childish side of things. And I know that it's driven by these bedroom bloggers these YouTubers that can't yeah. find any content for their own. So what they do is they plagiarize what you and I say or yeah. other people say, yeah. nick it, bastardize it, turn yeah. it around and then haunt people with it and then create content. So that's why, you know, when I used to go to the boxing fights, I used to have, be quite happy. I don't mind Coogan, I think Coogan's as good as gold. Yeah. But some of these other guys that are sitting there that are creating content, that are suggesting certain things and then creating division, whatever light you shine on boxing should be for the betterment of it. Sure. And I think that what we try to do and don't always succeed, but we try to do it, is try to be really honest about yeah. it, call it as we see it without any particular agendas. And people think that I like Frank better than I like Eddie and I like Ben, well that's true, I do. But on, on a boxing landscape, yeah. I admire them, each and every one of them for the things that they do and, and, and don't like some of the things they don't do. Yeah. So I'm disappointed and it, it, Shane Fury was saying that TalkSport are going to be banned. Well, fine, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Fine, you can ban me from a fight I didn't want to go to. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they'll weaponize it and say, we're going to do it when we fight Usyk as well. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. If you want to turn down one of the biggest sports broadcasters that is actually yeah. pro-boxing, pro-Tyson Fury, and has spent the last two or three years, even with you yeah. and Johnny Nelson, sitting in the studio sniveling about the fact you bought Anthony, thought Anthony Joshua would beat Fury. <laughs> well, listen, Fury we're talking two, three years ago, by the way. I know. Yeah. So, anyway, keep up the good work, YouTubers. You're doing a great job. Mm. Um, anyway. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, to be fair, though, it was frustrating because I watched the interview that, that um, Shane done, actually. But he's, he's right. a good guy, it, it, Shane. But he's right to pull me up because I did, I, did, I did make one observation that they can weaponise, which was I, I think it would be shameful if he ducks Usyk. You I, used I, the wrong word, basically. I did, because I know, I know that Tyson Fury, and I've said it subsequently, yeah. ain't ducking anybody. I do think that he's maybe difficult to deal with. I do think he has very definite views of what he's entitled to. And I do think that makes it difficult to make fights sometimes. But I don't think he ducks anybody. Yeah. So if I've dropped that into a conversation, then that's the one thing I'd say, okay, well, you can weaponize that against me. Sure. You know, and the idea that, 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 that Tyson was asked to come and do a show with me, it wasn't TalkSport, get your facts right, it was a different platform. Mm -hmm. And I said to the guys, you can ask him, but I don't think Tyson will come on because yeah. like all of his boxers, and it disappoints me, I don't know why in, such a, in a sport where you guys are so brave and so strong and do so many things that most people couldn't mm. even contemplate, the moment someone says something you don't yeah. like, people start crying. And in fairness to Eddie Hearn, he's one of the few people that have taken exception to what I've said and gone, right, I'll have it with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll come on a show and I'll put yeah. you straight. Yeah. You know, whether he <laughs> his way through that yeah. show is a different discussion. <laughs> but notwithstanding that. Anyway. Absolutely. Anyway, enough of that. Hopefully nonsense. things will change yeah, and everyone absolutely. will be nice and friendly again. Um, big fight build up. Yes. I mean, I, if I get another text message from Frank Warren saying the YouTube views have reached 200 million now. What's the click-through rate, Frank? How much are they getting paid per CPM? Yeah. You're a dinosaur, Simon. You need to think about this sport. But what's the click-through rate, Frank? How many are actually watching it? Hold on, hold on. Did you say Frank Moran called you a dinosaur? He did, yeah. He did, yeah. <laughs> I love that. He did. Because I'm going, because every time he sends me a video with the Engano fight and bus backs and things like this, yeah, yeah. and he sent me one the other day with a big load of buses with all the Engano billing, and the next bus along with it was The Exorcist, the film. Right. I said, we need an exorcism in this space to get rid of this fight. Right? He said, you're sounding like a dinosaur. Right, okay. <laughs> but... It's a big event. Yeah. It's an intriguing event for, for lots of people because they'll see it in a certain light, which is the best of one particular discipline fighting the best of another. Yes. 
it's a huge crossover fight. Listen, like I think you nailed it, Simon. As an event, you can't deny that it's going to be massive. The crossover is going to be huge. The, the, the pay-per-view revenue is going to be huge. The number's huge. Um, as a fight, it's one-sided. It's, you know, we know what's going to happen. Tyson Fury's going to go out there. Francis Ngannou is good in his own discipline. Coming over into the Queensbury boxing rules, it's going to be totally different. He won't be able to get his feet in range. He's too slow. Yes, he's heavy-handed, but you've got to get there to get, do that. We know how good Tyson Fury is. Best of the generation. You, you know, he's got everything. He can box feet. He can go in the trenches. He can have a fight, but he can also box and be very smart. So I just think it's going to go out. Tyson Fury will go out there, put on a show, and he will decide when and where and how he stops where, Francis where, Ngannou. Where's the jeopardy for Tyson in this fight? Is it simply not being switched on? Um, Absolutely. And allowing himself to be hit by somebody that can hit very hard? The, the, only, the only way Tyson Fury gets beaten, the only person that beats Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury, because if he f***s about and switches off and gets caught, Francis Ngannou, as we know, has got the power. And so it depends how he approaches the fight. But knowing what he knows now, knowing what he's got, to go into, and they're talking about December the 23rd for mm. that fight as well. So Tyson Fury will have to stay in camp. He's not going to want to get injured. He's not going to want to play around. So he's going to have to play it smart. Are they talking about that? I mean, a lot of people yeah. have, made, have, made, have made a suggestion that that's promoters mucking about one another to stymie the Conor Ben, Chris Eubank yeah. horror story. No, I think I, um, I, 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 I'm hearing more recently that it is looking more likely to be December the 23rd. And that may be sort of like, you know, I think that... Is that good for Tyson, though? I mean, well, I mean, do you know look. what? I think that Simon, I think Paris has been quite vocal about, you know, wanting to yeah. Tyson to sort of finish. They want that undisputed fight. You know, does he does he have this fight? Then have three months off. Have to go through everything again to get himself in the condition. It's not really a fight he's going into, so he's not going to get much damage and wear and tear on his body. He can have a couple of weeks out, December the twenty third for this undisputed fight. It sort of makes sense, really. I can understand it. How's he looking? Because I mean, when we saw the press conferences, okay, that was two or three weeks ago. Yeah, right, maybe a little bit longer right yeah uh physically tyson looked not at his greatest he looks uh, great now does he look great now yeah he's yeah. been on he's been i think this is he's self-confessed he's been on the keto diet he's been doing a keto diet right. slimmed down is that, massively is that good preparation for well Carter? it depends how he's been doing it if i'm totally honest look it's Tyson Fury, so he's going to have the right nutritionists. Mm. Because if you're doing a keto diet normally, which is a meat diet, a protein diet, of course it's not because it doesn't give you energy. You need the carbs for the energy. But Tyson Fury, obviously, is going to have the right people around him to know that it's not just about losing weight and looking good. He's got to have the energy there as well. So, look, he, he looks in great shape. That's all I can say. I think that he looks in fantastic shape. Do you think, do you think Tyson... I mean, you and I came away from watching um, the Usyk-Dubois fight perplexed as to why Daniel didn't jump on him um, and perplexed that Daniel didn't bite down on his gum shield. Yeah. And I don't want to say that as a person that's never stepped in a ring, but that's what we discussed yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've, we've seen Usyk and we've gone you know, overboard, I think, at times with how great he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Tyson hasn't had a meaningful fight. A, a, a four-round demolition of an out-of-place Dillian White, who was the mandatory, yeah, yeah. but it was levels. Yeah. A charitable pension for Derek Chisora. Yeah. A 12-round beatdown. Yeah. And then fighting an MMA fight that we think is going to be a little bit like, yeah. you know, uh, Rocky Balboa fighting Thunderlips. Yeah. yeah. Uh, albeit different outcomes. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Is that preparation 
Is that in any shape or form the right sort of prep yeah. to go in for Usyk? Absolutely. And I'll tell you why it is, Simon, because it's the training camps that he's doing in the build-up to these fights. Right. So the training camps that he has for the Derek Chisora fight, you know, the training camp that he had for the Dillian White fight, you know, the, the, you're going through the same motions, doing all the sparring, etc., prepping yourself to be the best of the, the totally best of your condition that you can be in going into a contest. So it's not really about just the fight. Like, he's getting the rounds under his belt whilst he's having those fights. So, like, Tyson Fury is one of those fighters that is... He doesn't need to be having hard fights to get, in, to get himself into conditions for someone like Alexander Usyk because he knows what he's got to do to go in there. What I'm saying is it's more about these training camps that you have in the build-up. That's, that's where the wear and tear is done in, with a fighter. Mm. People look at fighters... Right, so the, for, for the guys that would not understand, you but know, the training doesn't, machines, doesn't rust come into it? Doesn't elite level? Yeah, rust but he's come getting into rid of that rust. Like he's getting rid of that rust when he fights Engano. Yeah, he'll go out there, he'll play around a little bit. If he feels like the timing's not quite there or he's not doing it, he'll take the rounds to to, to get himself going. Isn't it, Spence, isn't, isn't there? A, isn't there? And this is me just throwing out a thought yeah. process, and it may be completely and utterly nonsense. But isn't if you're not fighting elite fighters, don't you develop some elite level fighter rust? where you're not operating at that level, so you're not competing at that level. So when it comes to competing at that level, you've got, you've got to get yourself into that mode uh, yeah, with Tyson, in the moment. With Tyson Fury, no. You, you, you're right in what you're saying, Simon. There's, there is, some, there, there is some, some right in what you're saying there. But with Tyson Fury, no. Tyson Fury is sort of um, cut from a different cloth, as in Tyson Fury knows exactly... He's one of those guys that knows exactly... He, he's not like he knows that. what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Not so when to do it, yeah, exactly that. Like, if, so if you let's use Anthony Joshua as a comparison. When you look at Anthony Joshua, he's a guy that does need the rounds and yeah. he does need to build the confidence yeah. and he does need to feel right to go into a fight of that magnitude. Tyson Fury doesn't because he knows where he's at. He knows exactly where he's at. He knows what he's got to do when he fights Alexander Usyk. He knows exactly what he's got to do. We understand, you know, that why why the fight hasn't happened up until now. Yep. We understand the business side of it. Yep. We totally get that. I understand why the, the Ngannou fight is going ahead before this. But I think that Fury's, you know, he, he's got he's got Usyk's number for a number of reasons. And that will be like, he will know exactly what he's got to do when he goes in there. He can't allow him any space. If he allows Usyk the space, allows him to get into a rhythm, Usyk will, you know, win the fight. But he won't allow that to happen. He'll use his size. He'll use his strengths. And that's what he does, Tyson Fury. The preparation, forget it's Ngannou, well, White or, or Chisora. The preparation's there. He knows what he's got to do. Well, we're, we're going to have plenty of time to discuss Fury versus Usyk once we've seen the, the Ngannou fight. Yes. But when you, when you see the spectacle, and obviously there's a hell of a lot of noise being made, and fair play to Frank, because the one thing I said to him was, I accept the principle of this is just a money fight. I want you to own it, Frank, and tell me it's all about the money. Yeah. Right? And then I want you to promise us that you will move on from yeah. this and that we will have real fights attached to there and afterwards. Yeah. That's your gatekeeper. That moves the skills challenge yeah. nonsense to one side and the deals that Eddie couldn't do. You've got a gatekeeper. You've got a relationship direct with yeah. the PIF fund. That opens the door. Away you go. Yeah. And it's proven to be the case. Absolutely. Right? And, 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 and do you feel very confident? Because we, you know, we, we did have this situation two years ago. Yeah. Three years ago, sorry. When he was signed, when Anthony Joshua was signed. No, who was, who was the challenge? He was signed to fight Joshua. And he couldn't get out of the rematch with Wilder. Yeah, absolutely. And I said to Frank, if he's got a clause to fight Wilder, if, he's got a, if, he's, if there's a rematch clause in there and it hasn't got a drop-dead date on timelines, yeah. are you going to get out of this contract? Yeah. And Frank was like, wait and see. And he couldn't get out of it. Well, so I, I do, you, do you believe that we're now in a situation with the, with the, um, with the Usyk yeah. Fury situation that this 
is nailed on. Absolutely. I think that I think that they were surprised that Wilder actually took up that rematch clause and, and the arbitration overruled Fury mm. going in with Anthony Joshua, etc. Mm. And they had to go back into the Wilder fight, which disappointed the fans as well. But I think it was I think they were hinging their bets there, Frank Warren, Fury, the team. And Wilder not stepping up and taking that trilogy fight with them, I don't think they thought it was going to happen, hence why they were making other plans. And what happened happened, the fight fell through. Um, do I think that this fight will happen with Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk? Absolutely yes. I believe that, I think that December the 23rd is a very strong date and it could happen then. If it doesn't, it will definitely happen in the early part of next year. I think that those contracts are signed, the, the backers that, that they've got behind the fight, as you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, are solid. They have the money. They are delivering. Skills Challenge didn't have the money. You know, they, they, they were looking to fund the money from Frank's guys. So we're in a great mm. position. I yeah. think the 2024 is going to be unbelievable, but we could even see it in 23. Just to, to top and tell the, um, the expectation of the Ngannou fight, if you're looking at it and boiling it down, do you expect Tyson Fury to knock him out very quickly, or do you expect him to fanny about making a spectacle of it for three or four rounds so everyone gets their money's worth? And then do it when he feels like what, it. The Ngannou fight. Yeah, the Ngannou fight. I what, think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a show. I think that Tyson Fury go out there, and he will just dominate and slowly, systematically break Ngannou up and break his heart, steal his soul. Mm. And, you know, it, and that's basically how it will go. I think mm. Ngannou will give it a go. To be fair, because he, he's got nothing to lose. Ngannou will roll the dice. So Fury will play it smart. He'll keep it long because he'll know that. Why would he stand there and trade and give Ngannou that opportunity? Because that is his only opportunity. So I think it'll be a slow beatdown and I see Fury winning inside five, six. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before I get on to the topic of the next topic we've got, which is the discussion around the fight that we really, I really want to see, which is Joshua versus Wilder and the fact that it's off, on, off, on, yeah. likely to be off. I just wanted to touch briefly upon your expectation of Dan Aziz fighting Josh um, uh, Boatsy. Yeah. Because obviously there was, I mean, Dan was very upset with some of the things that were said about him yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, and felt that uh, his integrity and, and, and the value of him in boxing had been questioned yeah. by another promoter. Are you expecting, and Ben I thought was a little vague and needed to be a bit more robust than some yeah. of the things that he said and a little bit more... Yeah. Um, with some of the things that he was saying, Ben Shalom, do you expect um, the the, the Boatsy Aziz fight to come back on before the turn of the year? Definitely not. Definitely I not. I, I, well, that's I know. Listen, I don't know that. Well, but, because well, of the damage to Dan, well, or because of the Dan, appetite's gone. I've spoke to Dan. I've spoke to Joshua Boatsy. I spoke to Joshua on Saturday night actually, 
Um, and Dan says that he doesn't feel that it will be this side of the year because obviously he needs the time to recover right. and he needs the time to get himself back in shape. Joshua Boatsy said, look, I've had the conversation with Dan. We've spoke. It's a fight that we both want. We understand the magnitude of the fight. We understand the position and what we can get off the back of it. Yeah. So it's a fight that they both still want, but I believe it happens early part of next year. I reckon we're looking at January stroke February time. We could see it as early as January I heard January the 20th is a date that's a possibility. Because the prize after that is Bivol, right? Absolutely. If, prize Bivol, after if, that is Bivol. if, if Bivol deals with Callum. Absolutely. Yeah. And let me just say to the people that are watching this that will write their little notes underneath saying, what are you talking about? They both turned the fight down with Bivol, etc., etc. Mm. Again, we go back to the business side of things, Simon, which you understand totally. The reason that Dan Aziz, Joshua Boatsy have both turned down the fights with Bivol because of the contracts that they were mm. in yeah. and what they had to sign like so, if, the, if if they accepted the fight or whatever, so that was the only reason the fights didn't happen. Not because see, I don't, output, I, I, don't, not, I, don't I don't, I don't, I don't buy that though. No, but, but Aziz and Boatsy, speaking as an ex-fighter and understanding where they are, the prizes that you, you want the ultimate prize, you want the biggest challenge. There's no way that they go, you, you go like, oh yeah, they they didn't fancy the fight. Fighters don't think like that. No, They're, but I don't, I, I don't, I do, I do have empathy with the observation about Josh. I'm happy to accept his observation about wanting to go to Sky yeah. and not liking DAZN as a platform and thinking it's you know, a dog with fleas, yeah. right? because he th he'll think Sky is the premium. But the idea that Eddie Hearn wasn't entitled to get him to a longer contract after pumping money into the yeah. background, to, and this is my payday, and I'm a promoter, this is the yeah. business that I'm in, I expect some return on investment. And return on investment isn't you go winning a world title then, in a lot of heavyweight and I'm yeah. off somewhere else to yeah. monetize someone else. So I, I get that. I totally understand. No, I understand from the business point of view, from Eddie Hearn's side, totally understand it. But it, speaking to Boatsy, it was something that he wasn't prepared to do. Hence why. No, I get it. Hence why. He said, look, I understand that Eddie needs a return on his investment, but I didn't want to go there because I didn't, want to, I didn't feel that I was getting anything or achieving anything on that platform. And I wanted to go there. Hence why I turned down the fight. I still feel... Not because he didn't fancy the fight. I still feel, as much as I like Dan Aziz, the fight I really want to see is in that I know you, I know you go. Yard, right? Yeah, well, I spoke yeah. to Anthony on yeah. Saturday as yeah. well, actually, and yeah. um, that's a fight that he really wants, yeah. right? So, like, he said, look, yeah, of course, I want the winner of the fight. Because I think, he, I think he, stylistically, that's a great fight. Yeah, but and I think they've got the history between the, the pair of yeah. them as well. I saw them both speaking there on Saturday night, and he was saying, look, yeah, if Dan Aziz wins, of course, me and Dan Aziz is going to be a big fight, of course that. But he said, because we've got history, he said, the Whites is the one that I really want, so... Yeah, interesting. But that, that light heavyweight I'm a, division... I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Anthony Yard. Yeah. You know, I thought the fight against Baterbiev was a fascinating fight. In the end, levels got to the, to, into the equation when Baterbiev... Baterbiev had to ask himself a few questions, did. mate. Trust you know, me, yeah. And we know in, in, in his previous tilt mm. um, uh, at the light heavyweight against Kovalev. Yeah, um, Kovalev, yeah. Kovalev, he yeah. had the chance. Well, in experience, yeah, he, he had the chance and he... And he Blew it and blew a gasket at the same, but I loved his, the same I loved time. But I loved the rematch against Lyndon Arthur. Yeah. I, I loved that Anthony Yard that came out and just went... What, what people must understand about Anthony Yard is that he's learnt his trade on the job. Yeah. Right? He had no amateur, extensive amateur... That's an unfortunate question, Spence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different show, Simon. <laughs> it's a different show, my friend. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is he had no, um, he had no extensive amateur background. He had a couple of white-collar fights and he turned professional and he's been sort of like learning, building. So... You know, the Kovalev fight, you go, right, I, you know, I understand that you, you blew a gasket, you, you, you know, and that was it. But we saw the improvements in the Paterbiev mm. fight and you go, well, you know, this kid is improving all the time. That's a great fight. I'd love to see, I'd love to see the winner of Boatsy Aziz and Yard. 
That's the fight I want to yeah, see. Yeah, me too. And, and not forgetting about um, Callum either. Mm, yeah. Callum Smith. Absolutely. Put him in the mix because that's yeah. a great fight as well. Yeah, I think it is as well. Yeah. I just think Bivol now is on, is on, a, is on a high though, isn't he? Yeah. After some of the recent performances he put in. He's a different Bivol than we saw fighting Craig Richards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Joshua Wilder. Yes. The disappointment. I mean, we had Malik Scott on a show who I really liked. I thought mm. he was a fascinating character um, in terms of, dis you know, he's obviously a fighter that fought Deontay Wilder, got knocked out by him in the round, yeah. ends up training him <clears throat> and his insight into it. But he's a great student of the game, isn't he? He's, yeah, he, he is. knows his yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's a great speaker yeah. and a really enjoyable company because he's not one of those that says you haven't laced the glove, you haven't got the right to have an opinion. Yeah. He'll listen to you and then he will be able to discredit your argument by discrediting it through his knowledge right. rather than just you haven't laced the glove. Yeah. But this situation, you know, I, I, I think the, the, the Joshua camp were very disappointed when they saw this Fury-Usyk fight being made. Yeah, Because absolutely. it could be the end of an opportunity for, for Joshua because if Fury goes and beats Usyk yeah. um, and cements in his own mind a yeah. legacy... He's not going to be throwing any bones to Anthony Joshua any time no. to help him up. And we've got the rematch clause in there as yeah, well. Yeah, the rematch. And the only way um, that that conversation happens is if someone like Deontay Wilder was on the Anthony Joshua's radar and actually, I mean, in, in front of him. Yeah. And he knocks him out and does it in such a compelling fashion. Yeah. But we seem to be a way away from that again. Yeah. Yeah, we do. What do you do. think? Listen, so where, where do I think we're sitting at the moment? I think that, that I think there's two, two opponents um, in line for Anthony Joshua next. I think that Zele Zhang is one of them. This is only speaking again to, mm -hmm. to Eddie and what he's telling me on Saturday night because I said I threw that name out there. It's a fight that I like, a fight that I'd like to see Joshua in with, with you know, Zhang coming off those good wins against well, Joe Joyce. Well, it has Joyce. a whiff of something more than Robert Helanius. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and Jermaine Franklin. Uh, uh, what was the, what's the kid's name? Uh... A git, a git, Cabriel, Cabriel, the European champion. Hmm. Is it? So that's another name that's probably in there. I go, well, that don't really interest anyone. You know, he had a win. He won the European title from out in Monte Carlo against um, Cabriel, yeah, against um, Derek Chisora in 2017. Why do you think they can't? I mean, look, I, I know Eddie Hearn spoke about it the other day and spoke about the money isn't there. Yeah. All right. And so. There has to be a reset in people's minds. Yeah. But this is a there's still plenty of money in this fight. You could still make this wilder Joshua fight at fifty million Absolutely. quid. You'd get a hundred thousand, ninety-four thousand yeah. fans at Wembley Stadium. You'd be able to pick up significant media interest I think because of the because of the wilder yeah. component for the Americans and because of the British and European component for Joshua. It's still a circa. It's oh. a bigger fight than what Frank Purse bid. For Dillian White, yes, and and Tyson Fury as a world title fight. I agree. So I think where we're at with it is Simon. That Anthony Joshua is adamant that he wants to fight this year, and that's why that's why mm -hmm. um, Eddie Hearn is looking now because the world of fight has fallen through. I think that, that will be the fight they'll make after this fight. So I believe that if we go to Zeli Zhang or Kabajel, like I say, one of those opponents, that's the likely opponent for this next one in December then I think we see Wilder possibly in the springtime. Would you prefer? That's where I'd sit. I would prefer to see Anthony fighting Zhang. Because Absolutely. Because I, I think it has credibility Cabiel, look, in like, that fight. That, that does yeah, nothing for me at all. It's like the Manuel Char argument, isn't it? 
Huh? It's like having Manuel Chai in a conversation, isn't it? Exactly, exactly yeah. the same, yeah. yeah. Exactly the same. I want to see, yeah, I want to see Joshua in with Zele Zhang. They've got history, to, you know, in, in the Olympics back in 2012. Good fight, by the way, close yeah. fight. So, let's see it again. Zhang, Where, where's the conversation of Filip Hergovic coming into the into the conversation? Is, is, is this because the belt's going to drop away? He's not, Hergovic is not coming into the Joshua conversation. Well, well he, is, he was, is, he was. Wasn't Eddie trying to suggest that... Hergovic is IBF number one contender. Which is a mandatory for Otto Wallin is IBF number two. So, so like, if them titles fragment, Otto Wallin is fighting Felix Hergovic. So right. there's, no, there's no position. So why would Felix Hergovic want to fight Anthony Joshua and put his IBF number one? Yeah, but uh, yeah, what I'm saying is he can wait for the belt and then... Mm. And that's where we're sort and of And to be fair to Hergovic, when he came on the show, he said, I'm not stepping aside for no, anybody No, that's right. He wa- Listen, mm. every fighter's dream from when they're a kid is to become world, world champion. And I understand it. So you go, when, you've got, like, when you're sort of touching the belt, you're like, you go, I know I'm in line. It's going to happen at some point. It's like the step aside thing, and that's where Hergovic is from. He's, a, you know, he's one of those guys that goes, I want to follow my dream, I want to get the title. That's what it's all about. I'm pissed off of all this landscape moving, people taking step aside money, etc. Let me get my hands on my belt, and then I've got a bit yeah, of Yeah, no, I spoke to him, and I, t- and I put it to him that I thought that um, Zhang had beaten him. Yeah. And he said, well, yeah, you can think yeah. what you want, but the record says I won, and yeah. I think I won, yeah. and yeah. I'm not stepping aside. Well, it was a similar thing with the Josh Taylor sort of thing, wasn't it? Mm. Like, you know what I mean, I was out there, I was at yeah. ringside, yeah. and I thought Zhang won the fight. Yeah, yeah he, he tied a little bit down the backstretch, but wow, man, like Zhang was unbelievable that day, yeah. If you were to put money, which you probably wouldn't because your hand goes nowhere near your pocket, but if you were to put money... I can't believe you said that. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to put money on who Anthony would fight next, who do you think it will be? And when? I think he fights in December. And I think it's going to be Cabello. Mm. Oh, that's what I think. Oh, yeah, do you? Mm. I think, yeah, I think, it, I think it's going to be And that's not because Anthony doesn't want to take the fights that have got more jeopardy in it. It's because I think the people around him should look around yeah, and think, absolutely. Oh, well, we could well, miss out yeah. on a bigger picture here. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. I'm being cynical. British fight coming up. Fabio Wardley. I love this fight, mm-hmm. by the way. Fabio Wardley, yeah, and um, David Adelaide. David Adelaide. It's a great fight. Two unbeaten fighters. What's Wardley's? Wardley's, what, 17? No, 16 and 0, 15 KOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adelaide's 12 and 0 with 11 KOs. Great fight. Um, there's been a lot of banter in the build-up to this one as well, as in like, a lot of dislike between the pair yep. of them. Mm, so, you know, Fabio Wally doesn't think that David actually likes to fight. And, like, David's got that sort of style where he likes, mm. although he's heavy-handed, he likes to take his time, pick his shots, stay on the outside. Fabio Wally, I think career-best performance for me was, and it was a coming-of-age fight for him, was when he beat Nathan Gorman. He had Gorman over in the second round, and twice, again, a couple of times in the third round. But... It was a coming-of-age fight for him because everyone was going, well, Fabio Wardley was one of those guys like Anthony Yard, come from that you know, background of just a couple of white-collar fights, no extensive amateur background. And he goes in there, he gets tagged in the second round against Gorman, who's the guy with the experience and maybe the favourite in that fight. He gets tagged in the second round, you see his legs do a little dance and you think, right, let's see what this guy's made of. Guess what? He switched. He went for it and he turned it around straight away within 30 seconds. He put it on so... Answered a lot of questions for me there, like going in, like well, that fight was a coming of age fight for him. Adelaide still, I'll go through that. Adelaide's yeah. the one that I've seen develop as an amateur and seen him come through. There's always been a big bit of hype around him, but he hasn't been in that acid test fight yet. This is it on, on Saturday. If, if I, I think he's as good as he is, I believe Adelaide wins. Where does that, leave, where does that leave Fraser Clark in the picture? Well, Fraser Clark could be next in line for the winner right. of those. Like Fraser Clark's a guy that's hovering around there. You know, like that, that, and that's that's the 
that's the obvious because, sort of because fight. the Fraser Clark fight against Dave Allen wasn't didn't really impress anybody, and obviously we had this situation yeah. where Ben Shalom um, put a purse bid in for Fabio Wardley versus because yeah. he was a manager yeah, for that, yeah. wasn't he? And yeah. then pulled him out of that fight because sure. he felt he needed more rounds and more experience at, 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 in longer fights, right? Yeah, yeah. That, he just felt that, that it, timing wasn't right there, but putting the purse bid then pulled him out. It was a bit of a bit of a mess. If I'm totally honest. What do you think about the undercard? I love the undercard. Yeah. I don't mind the undercard. The undercard's good. Um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so I've got Big Mo over there. He's been helping with this. Mahmoudoff? Mahmoudoff. Yeah, there I left that alone. I yeah, I know, you know, 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 know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Yeah, Mahmoudoff. Um, he's great, mate. He's 16 yeah. 15 KOs. The only, the only fight that he's gone the distance with was Takam, Carlos Takam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Takam over in 20 seconds. He thought the fight was gone. He's a guy, a Russian guy, that is big, he's strong, six foot five, loves throwing the right hand, heavy-handed. He's a great addition to the heavyweights, actually. I think he's uh, WBC ranked number three or number five. Number three. WBC ranked number three. So he's there. He's potential, in touch with points. A potential one. Oh, he's going to cause anyone a problem. A potential fight for AJ? He, uh, listen, because, because he's not a recognised name, it's not a name you want to mm -hmm. go near. He's becoming like, he's, he's getting to that Martin Bacoli stage, who's on the bill well, as well. I'm going to ask you about him next. But yeah. You know, when they become the chairman of the Who Needs Him, Who, who Wants yeah. Him club, Bacoli's like in that position as well, where but they're creeping up the rankings now. So these fighters are going to have to fight them at some point. They're working their way up like that old school way. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, there's there's some good fights. Yeah, I, I really like the undercard fights. What is there, five, five Mo heavyweight Moses title fights? Moses and out as well, isn't he? Yeah, Moses and Tim, which is... He's the kid that I believe will take the battle from the, the other heavyweights. Yeah. Yeah, I, know I think he's got the potential. What is he, 18 years of age? Young. Yeah, he's got the potential to become the next superstar in heavyweight boxing because one thing Frank Warren does is he's great at managing and, and, and developing yeah. fighters. Mm. That's what he, that, that is what his speciality is. And I think that they'll do that with Ntama, but all these guys will be gone by then. They're all in their 30s, you know. We're talking about, we're talking about the next generation when you're talking about it. What Wardley, when you're talking about Wardley's slightly older. But, but it'll be Daniel Dubois' generation, won't it? Because he, yeah, he's in that, he's 25 yeah. years of age. Yeah. I like the undercard. I really like the undercard of that. He got turned down, didn't he, Daniel? Um, oh, yeah, for the, yeah, so yeah, for the appeal. Did he get anything? He didn't, because Frank was after three things, wasn't he? He was Zilch. asking for an annulment of the result. He was yeah. asking for um, a rematch or a reinstatement as the mandatory. Yeah. He got none of the above. No, no, I, no, no, I understand. No, right. no. Okay. I mean, listen, you, you're entitled to, to your appeal, and it, I, I think it was subjective. It was the way that it was a way that what the ref said at the time that it was an accidental low blow, and that's probably where they've gone yeah. from it. So yeah, listen, Daniel will come again. You know, he's, he'll get his opportunity again. Like I say, this next generation of heavyweights coming through. But Wardley, Wardley Adelaide, that's going to be a good fight because that will tell us a lot but more about the Don't you think, um, I mean, on, 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 a, on a same subject in the same division, but don't you think Carlos Takam versus Martin Bacoli would be a good fight? Love that fight. Because I think fight. it will be a good I, fight. Absolutely. Mahmoudov mm -hmm. as well is going to be a, a good fight. And then we've got, who have we got? Joseph Parker's on there as well. Is he? Yeah, Joseph Parker's on the bill as well. He's right. boxing um, keen. So, yeah, it's going to be a, that, that's going to be a good fight as well. Um, so, yeah. It's good. So, a good undercut. Yeah, looking forward to it. Right, Spence. Yeah. That's it for episode 45 of Talk Boxing with you and I. Oh, by the way. We didn't spend the whole show talking about <laughs> ourselves, not once. <laughs> by, by the way, are we doing something, are we going big on the 50th? I'm hearing uh, rumours yeah, we're going big on the 50th. Yeah, apparently um, uh, Pat came up with a brainstorm. 
Yeah. Um, I, I can't it's one of his better ones. I can't imagine it was his. one of his better ones. He's not here today. Got to be present in the moment, isn't he? Yeah, Romero's here, which is what we want. Controlling the direction, producing the output, being present, being committed. There you go. Swinging the golf club. Throwing a few ideas in. He's got this idea that someone's given him, because I know it's not his, about having an event for the 50th show, which is a staged event. Here in the building. In the building, um, with some interesting people and Carl Froch. Um, and uh, <laughs> I oh, don't no. mean it, Carl. No. I don't mean it. Oh, no. um, and right, I, let's, let's see. I if think we... they're talking about Frank and, and Ben Shalom perhaps being there. I mean, I've said to, uh, yeah. to, to, to Pat, I double well, dog dare get Eddie involved. I've, get Eddie involved. I got yeah. told today that, that, that Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren the front runners to be get them well, I think that would be Do great. you know why? Because we've not had Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren in, in a room before. I believe that's and not I think happened. that would I think that would be great. Yeah. And I think it would be interesting. And I think you'd get to see so much because Frank's got a lot to say about Eddie and Eddie's got a lot to say Absolutely. about Frank. Absolutely, be fantastic. And I've got a lot to say about all of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll see you next time around.